Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Quinn White coming to you live from Studio B and USC's Annenberg Radio Center, Media Center. And I'm Hannah Boal-Hodge. You know the drill. It's Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. And on today's show, Twitter announces that it will charge $8 for a verification badge and other supposed perks. I just know if, if I lose the verification, I think people are going to trust me less. A look back on the life of Atlanta rapper and member of Mikos, Kershnik Kahari Ball, also known as Takeoff. And the USC community sets up their altars to celebrate the Day of the Dead. All of that and more from where we are. But first, today's news headlines by Nicole Santos Estevez. Israelis are voting in national elections for the fifth time since 2019 after three and a half years of a political deadlock that has paralyzed the country. According to the election officials, the turnout is 47.5%, the highest at this early stage since 1999. The Britain's interior minister is still facing criticism for describing migrants crossing the English Channel as an, quote, invasion, end of quote, days after a man attacked an immigration center with firebombs. Home Secretary Suela Braverman used this term while defending the conditions at a processing center for new arrivals. She referred to the small boats crossing on Monday as, quote, the invasion of our southern coast, end of quote, also stating that the, quote, illegal immigration is out of control, end of quote, she said. With no one matching all six numbers from the Halloween night Powerball drawing, the jackpot has grown from $1 billion on Tuesday to $1.2 billion set for Wednesday night. If there's a winner, it would be the second largest jackpot in the lottery's history behind the over $1.5 billion Powerball ticket that was split among three winners in 2016. Officials have declared a health emergency in Southern California's Orange County due to the rapidly spreading virus infections. The county is facing a heightened spread of RSV, a respiratory illness that causes babies to struggle to breathe, the continuous circulation of COVID-19, and a seasonal rise of the flu. All these viruses have pushed pediatric hospitalizations and daily emergency room visits to record levels. In recent interviews, Los Angeles mayoral candidates Rick Caruso and Representative Karen Bass both agree that overcrowded living conditions are at the center of the region's housing challenges and a critical opening to homelessness. Both said that they want to explore the different options for building low-income housing in addition to traditional projects that rely on tax credits. We also have a recent update on the Israeli Prime Minister election. Candidate Benjamin Netanyahu has a narrow lead in the polls and is predicted to win. This would be his sixth term in office. Ever dreamed of getting that famed blue check mark next to your Twitter handle? Soon you'll be able to, for a small fee. Jeremy Cole has the scoop. Twitter's new verification policy has social media up in arms. Today, Elon Musk unexpectedly announced the new verification subscription will cost $8 a month by tweeting a meme of himself sporting a devilish red and black leather armor Halloween costume. Initial reports indicated that Musk would charge $20 a month for a blue checkmark, sparking outrage among celebrities, athletes, and journalists, including Stephen King, who tweeted, 
$20 a month to keep my blue check? Fuck that, they should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. In response, Musk attributed the price hike to paying the bills, saying that Twitter cannot solely rely on advertisers for money. But the $20 price tag is no more. Today, Musk tweeted, Twitter's current lords and peasant system for who has or doesn't have a blue check mark is bullshit. Power to the people, blue for $8 a month. Twitter will now package verification alongside their current subscription, Twitter Blue, which gives users access to premium features to customize their Twitter experience. The new Twitter Blue will now offer a variety of benefits, including the ability to post long video and audio clips and half as many ads. It's understandable that Musk wants to make more money, but this new approach is cause for concern. Verification has always been viewed as a sign of authenticity and legitimacy, but now anyone with $8 can earn the fabled blue checkmark. KREM2 news reporter Nathan Hyun went through a three-month process to earn verification and was ecstatic to see he was approved. For Hyun, the blue checkmark conveyed that people could trust him, but Hyun is unhappy with the change to a subscription-based verification model. For journalists like myself and for other reporters, the reason why we why verification matters to us is because that's how people know we're authentic and we're real. And now average people, the everyday people can get a blue check mark. It really puts down um, it really puts down the trust trustworthiness of, of how much uh, people can believe us in, in our reporting. Hyun is unsure if he will pay for his check mark and doesn't understand why he needs to pay for people to trust him. I just know if, if I lose the verification, I think people are going to trust me less. Twitter introduced the verification system in 2009 to increase trust in the social network. Ironically, Musk's new change appears like it will only increase distrust. For Annenberg Media, I'm Jeremy Cole. Earlier this morning, the artist Takeoff, one of the three members of the popular rap group called the Migos, was killed in a shooting in Houston, Texas. Maddie Brown has the details of the incident, reactions to the artist's death, and his legacy. On Tuesday morning, rapper Takeoff was shot and killed out at the 810 Billiards and Bowling Alley in Houston, Texas. He was only 28 years old. Takeoff, whose legal name is Kirshnik Kari Ball, was at the bowling alley with his bandmate and uncle Quavo, as well as 40 to 50 other people who had gathered there for a private party. The shooting occurred at 2.30 a.m. local time. One man was pronounced dead at the scene and two other injured victims were taken to the hospital. Takeoff's lawyer, Drew Feinling, stated that there was a sense of peacefulness about his aura. The world was starting to learn about Takeoff. It was his time to shine. Since his passing, celebrities, friends, and fans have taken to social media to express their grief and offer condolences to Takeoff's loved ones. Fellow artists like Khalid, Chloe Bailey, and Kid Cudi tweeted their disbelief and sorrow over the rapper's passing. Reality TV star Khloe Kardashian posted on Twitter to say, This is so sad. Wow, over what? May God cover everyone who is in pain. These senseless acts have got to end. So, so sad. Gucci Mane took to Instagram to write, This broke my heart. Rest in peace. Gucci Mane had only recently collaborated with Takeoff and Quavo on the song Us vs. Them. Just days before his death, Takeoff did an interview on the podcast Drink Champs, in which he discussed the success of his and Quavo's new album, Only Built for Infinity Links, and stated his readiness for recognition before it was too late. One thing I really, really love about the project 
is how you shine it. Like, Appreciate like it. I, I feel like I feel like. I feel like not not like of course you were shining before, but I feel like you were dancing on this one. Yeah. I felt like you was like yo. I felt like it was like like it was always your time. It was your time to prove it. Is that something you had in your mind when you was going in recording? Oh, for sure. Okay. You know what I mean, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm chill. You know, what I'm trying to lay back, but mm-hmm. it's time to pop it. You know what I mean, I mean, time to give me my flowers. You know what I mean? Right. I don't yes. want them later on when I ain't here. The rapper was born in 1994 in Lawrenceville, a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. His journey into the world of music started early in life. Takeoff had previously stated that, Growing up, I was trying to make it in music. I was grinding, which is just what I loved doing. I didn't have nothing else to do. In my spare time, I'd record myself, just making something and creating for me. In 2010, Takeoff, his cousin Offset, and his uncle Quavo made their debut as the band Migos. Just three years later, the group started gaining popularity after releasing the hit song Versace. The band gained even more recognition in 2016 after releasing Bad and Bougie, although Takeoff was absent from that track. The Migos' next two albums, Culture and Culture 2, both reached number one in the U.S. charts. Together, the group was responsible for multiple top ten hits on the Billboard Hot 100, such as Motorsport, Stir Fry, and Walk It Talk It. Despite their success, the band parted ways early this year after Takeoff and Quavo had a disagreement with Offset, citing lack of loyalty as the reason. Takeoff and Quavo then formed the duo Unk and Few and released the album Only Built for Infinity Links on October 7th. The new album reached number 7 in the U.S. charts last month. For Annenberg Media, I'm Maddie Brown. I'm Hannah Boal-Hodge. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Quinn White. It's 10 minutes past the hour. Okay, Hannah, I gotta ask you and tell me the truth here. Okay. Would you pay eight bucks to get that little blue check mark next to your name? I hate to break it to you, Quinn, but as a loyal Gen Z member, I am not on Twitter. But if I was, I would not. Okay, would well, you? I'm on Twitter, and I'll be honest, for the low, low price of eight bucks a month, I would love to fake being famous really? on Twitter. Really? Okay, influencer in the house. Yeah, so we'll see about that. But coming up, a look into how USC's campus is celebrating the Day of the Dead and a conversation with Joy Jane Subakit, director of Troy Camp's Pass the Can fundraiser. Stay with us. USC kicked off its Dia de los Muertos celebrations this Tuesday morning. Pastries, drinks, and manual activities were available for students who participated in remembrance of their lost loved ones. Clément Fenu has the story. Walking in front of Levy Library this morning, dodging pedestrians, bikes, and skateboards, and you will find yourself in front of friendly skeletons with the sight of yummy food and the comforting smell of hot chocolate. It is day one of Dia de los Muertos, a celebration known in Latin America to remember loved ones who passed away. Widely celebrated in Bolivia, Brazil, Ecuador, Guatemala, 
Haiti and Mexico, this celebration remains open for everyone, as Crystal Young, the acting head of Levy Library, explained. Anyone can observe Dia de los Muertos. If you have a loved one that you would like to um, remember, to celebrate, um, Dia de los Muertos actually takes place over the course of two days. So the first and the second of November is when we have our celebration. To celebrate that special day, food and activities were displayed for USC students on campus. Young pointed out the event had several traditional items. So we have pan de muerto, which is like a sweet bread, as well as um, chocolate caliente, which is a Mexican hot chocolate, as well as uh, aguas frescas de Jamaica, which is um, like hibiscus water, uh, which is delicious. <laughs> and we also have books from our libraries, we have images that you can make your own buttons, as well as marigolds. You can make your own puppets. You can take a selfie with an oversized yeah. skeleton. USC libraries celebrate Dia de los Muertos for two days since 2016. Javier Garibay, a performing arts librarian, appreciate the event and the showcasing of culture it brings to the campus. Um, it means a lot for us to be able to host this event, particularly in such a, such a place that gets a lot of traction. Um, because it brings visibility to, to different cultural, um, this, diff, this cultural expression, um, celebrating, you know, those that, that have passed. A two-day event for USC students who also required a lot of organization, said Gary Bay. It, it took a lot for us to, to organize this event. We worked with um, SEIP, we worked with La Casa. Uh, we work with sororities and fraternities. We got a lot of people that, that collaborated with us to put this event on. An event that turned to be appreciated by many students as the line for drinks and pastries only got longer. If you missed the event today, you can still catch it tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And if it's still not enough, head north to DTLA and take a stroll in Grand Park and Alvera Street to admire the altar displays and the night procession. For Annenberg Media, I'm Clemence Fenu. This Saturday's homecoming football game is important not only to USC Trojans and alumni, but it's a big day for USC Troy Camp. Troy Camp is a university's oldest student-run philanthropic organization where it provides long-term mentorship to youth in the South LA community through its after-school programming. Today, we are joined by the director of Pass the Can, Joy Jane Subicate. During every homecoming football game since 1948, Troy Camp hosts Pass the Can, its largest annual fundraiser. Good to see you, Joy. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming in. So can you tell us what's the history behind Pass the Can? Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of our programs, we work with third through 12th grade students in the South Los Angeles area for Troy Camp. All of our programs are completely free for our students. And so we do things like uh, take them to Disney, the aquarium. We run a summer camp for one oh. week every summer. Um, all of that is completely free for our students. So Pass the Can is our largest fundraiser. We pass milk jugs around the Coliseum at halftime at the homecoming game um, to collect funds and really support our org. That's cool. awesome. And so... What does Troy Camp typically do with those proceeds? I know you mentioned they go to some of that programming. How do you really decide how it gets divided up? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So 100% of all donations go directly towards our programs and our students. Um, specifically for Pass the Can, that money is going towards our summer camp, that week-long camp that we host for our students, third through fifth grade. Um, that's kind of their introduction into our programming. We take them up to the San Bernardino Mountains for a week-long camp. They get to do mm -hmm. things like swim, archery, ride horses, stuff like that. That's awesome. I think I've seen some photos of Troy Camp like on Instagram, yeah. and that's such a wonderful opportunity for young people. I love summer camp, and I think that's so important for young people to have. Yeah, absolutely. We love it, and it's their introduction into all of our programming. After that, they stick with us through elementary, middle, high schoolers, and we even have students who come back and uh, go to USC and go back and be counselors, which is really awesome. That's incredible. Nice to see that come full circle. Yeah, I love that. What are you most looking forward to with this weekend's fundraiser? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the fact that it's going to be a huge game. Um, it's the game against Cal, which Ooh. is a big rivalry that we have. It is homecoming weekend, so a lot of alums in the Trojan community are all coming back to support. Um, a lot of alums, even if they weren't in Troy Camp, know about Pass the Can. And so it's really cool to go around and tailgate float, talk to all the different people on campus and have people remember when Pass the Can was happening back when they were at USC. Awesome. awesome. And we did a little bit of quick math. So 75th year anniversary, mm -hmm. big number. What's your goal for the fundraiser this year? We are trying to raise $75,000 um, in honor of that 75th anniversary that we are coming up to. So really hoping we reach that goal. Awesome. And then before we wrap it up, where can students, alumni, individuals go to learn more information about how they can help out with Pass the Can? Absolutely. So we have our Instagram, which is USC Troy Camp, as well as our website, troycamp.org. You can find all the information just about our programs, as well as this fundraiser in particular. Can you tell us a little bit about, can you tell us maybe like a story, like one of your favorite memories from Pass the Can? Absolutely. Yeah. So last year we were um, at our table checking volunteers in and this woman like middle aged came up to us and told us that she was actually um, a former co-executive of the organization back in like I think it was the 90s, and so she was so excited to see that we were continuing doing what we were doing. We've had volunteers who have come back and volunteered with us for like over a decade. Um, even if they weren't attached to the organization, they always volunteer at the event. It's really incredible to see that community come together. Yeah, that's really, really wonderful. And I think it's so interesting to see, like Hannah said, all these things come full circle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, it sounds like this is another, like our school has a lot of wonderful traditions and this sounds like one of them. Yeah, and I was able to volunteer with Pass the Can last year. I will be there this year. Quinn, are you I joining think, me? I think I might. I think I might clear my schedule on Saturday. Absolutely. And if you want to volunteer with us, you get a free ticket to the game as well as a free t-shirt. All we need is 15 minutes of your time during halftime. That Perfect. sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joy. We wish you and Troy Camp the best of luck this Saturday. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And that's all we have time for today on From Where We Are. Spencer Klein and Valeria Diaz produ produced today's show, and we also got some help from Mallory Cara. And special thanks to Derek Renfro, who composed our theme music. We're also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Hi to my mom and also Hannah's mom. Um, subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Quinn White. 
And I'm Hannah Bolhodge. From all of us here at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From Where We Are.